relative to the question, what do we know about limitations imposed upon the exercise of God's loving kindness and mercy from the Bible, we were discussing time as it relates to the manifestation of this mercy, or the when of the exercise of God's mercy. We have seen that man cannot be saved whenever he chooses to, for a number of reasons. First of all, God appears to make special manifestations of his mercy as he appeals to us at different times to repent of our sins and to be reconciled to him through faith in Christ. Then we find that the reaction of truth upon our own hearts and lives is a limitation in that we harden our heart every time we reject God's truth, and therefore we cannot be saved whenever we choose because we might not be willing to repent of sin as we proceed on with sin. Then we have seen that death imposes a limitation upon the mercy of God in that none shall be saved after death. And then we have seen that our Lord portrayed that there would be an end to the day of grace or the present dispensation of things would come to a termination of judgment. And we were in process of reading how God is fully aware that the glorious gospel of Christ, as wonderful as it is, and as reasonable as it is, will not achieve the conversion of the world. And therefore, he has been disappointed in the reactions of men. We had read concerning our Lord Jesus as he came and presented himself as the Savior of the world, as to how he was rejected. And now further in the Gospel of John, chapter 12 and verse 37. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. So this was an agonizing disappointment to our blessed Lord, and fixed in the mind of God that men would not receive his glorious salvation. In the seventh chapter of Acts, verse 51, Stephen, as he waxed bold in the faith and in the power of the Holy Spirit, addressed the religious rulers as they resisted the truth of God. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. So God perceived that their resistance would continue and that his gracious dispensations of mercy, as tenderly as it appealed to man, would not achieve man's salvation. In the first chapter of Romans, the downward procession is indicated. Verses 28 to 32, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, 
not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So we see this long list of departures further into the pathway of sin. So the world of men certainly are not becoming more responsive to the way of salvation. In the third chapter of Romans, verses 10 to 12, as it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Continuing with the writings of the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, we have a further catalog of the downward pathway. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. How true that is in our day. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Then in verse 12, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So God is fully aware that his glorious and blessed gospel shall not achieve the salvation of all men and shall not bring the pathway of righteousness and holiness upon the earth. And therefore, God has no other course but to put an end to sinful rebellion by sending the greatest judgments that the world has ever known. This final series of righteous wrath, the Bible calls the Great Tribulation. It was prophesied in Old Testament times, clearly proclaimed by our blessed Lord with further details given in the book of Revelation through the Apostle John. We turn to Isaiah chapter 66, where we read in verses 13 to 16 these words from the prophet's pen. As one whom his mother comforted, so will I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. And when ye see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like an herb and the hand of the Lord shall be known toward his servants, and his indignation toward his enemies. For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind, to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh, and the slain of the Lord shall be many." We turn to Daniel, that great servant of the Lord, who had such a prophetic vision given to him as to many details of the end time. In one of these visions, chapter 9, verses 26 and 7, we read these words, And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. 
And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So here is the uh, tremendous future judgment that is going to be poured forth upon the world of rejecting men. Daniel continues in his 12th chapter and verse 1, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. So here is the time of trouble prophesied such as never was since there was a nation, even unto that time. The prophet Joel continued these words of prophecy. As you read in the second chapter, verses 1 to 3, Blow the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong. There hath not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. A fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness, yea, and nothing shall escape them. Here then is referred to the day of the Lord, a tremendous day of the visitation of God's righteous indignation. And in verse 10, The earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? What a tremendous portrayal of future judgment. You would think that men would tremble in repentance, but such has not been the case. Zechariah, that great prophet of future vision, wrote in his 14th chapter many details concerning this future period. Verses 1 to 3, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee, for I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. And so in verse 9, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord, and his name one. This portrays the coming again 
of our Lord Jesus Christ to establish righteousness. And in verse 12, And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. And it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them. And they shall lay hold every one on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. And then in the fourth chapter of Malachi, verse 1, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. We shall continue the New Testament passages at our next visit. But God sees no other way than to terminate this wonderful age of grace through the great judgment upon the sins of men. If men will not respond, God can only terminate it by force and establish his righteous kingdom. May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, how thankful we are for thy overtures of mercy that while thou dost see it necessary to send this terrible day of judgment, thou art pleading with men now to receive thee, to repent of sin, and through faith in Christ be forgiven and happily restored to thy favor and love. May many do so today in Jesus' name. Amen.